You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. Welcome back to the Screening in Kingston podcast, also known as two people desperate to not see Fast X. So we're finding any movie possible to review other than Fast X. That's what we're doing this week, Taylor, because we picked uh, movies that have small theatrical runs or no one's ever heard of. (laughs) Checks out, checks out. Well, Um, I mean, I don't want to see Fast X. You don't want to what? see Fast no. X. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I'm still pretty much like housebound with a baby. But um, yes, exactly. <laughs> what else like opened our? What else opened this week? Fast X. <laughs> but like, did not is nothing opening against it? Like, was that no. literally? It, well, okay. So technically, yes, it opened alone, and then this come like this week that just passed, which because we're still like you know technically a couple days behind, The Little Mermaid is coming out. So right. um, I will see that and I will review it. But You'll Fast take X one for the per- team. I sure will. Um, <laughs> but Fast X is pretty much opening um, un, uh, unchallenged. And then we've got Little Mermaid and, and sort of Blackberry, which is coming out now. Like I think Blackberry just opened. Um, so that's really what the new movies are. But I'm waiting to review Blackberry when you see it because we'll, we'll chat about it together because I knew you wanted to see it. Yeah, sorry, people. It's probably going to be delayed. I do not foresee myself going to a theater this summer. <laughs> Maybe, fingers crossed. But um, I don't... Yeah, it's going to have to probably wait, wait to be a rental. Sorry, Mike. Listen, it looks good. I'm sure people will go see it because certainly right now it's probably the only game in town. Like, if you don't want to see Fast X, it's really it. Like, it's really... that. Those are the new movies. Fast X, Little Mermaid, and Blackberry. Most people that I know would want to go see Blackberry, I think, over the thir- over the three. It sounds dismal. Like a couple of weeks ago, we you listed all the movies that are coming out this summer, and it made this summer sound amazing. And then you're saying the only three movie three movies that are coming out are like that. Those are your options. Yes. Those are options right now. Yes, we've got a little bit of time because uh, a lot of things are coming out June, July. Yeah, um, to be fair, so like. I don't, I personally don't consider May summer. I know people say like, oh, May 2-4 is the kickoff to summer. No. People just say that, yeah. I don't agree. I think June is proper summertime. So that makes sense. There's only three movie options. It, but huh. <laughs> in the spirit of there only being three movie options, the movies we're reviewing are kind of odd. Also new odd. releases, though. They yes. are, but they're also new releases and they're all, they're alternatives to to. You know, if you want to watch them, I guess we'll see how our reviews go uh, before we say that. But I got to make hold on. I've got to I've got to issue a correction. Something else did open. How could I forget about book club? The next chapter. <laughs> I wondered. Um, <laughs> book club one was trending on Netflix this week. Yeah. And I was like, why? And then I'm like, oh, Sorry. right. Book club two. Book club two. Sorry. That was that was the fast X counter programming book club. You know, yeah, something for everyone, I guess. I guess so. Well, I mean, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and the Super Mario Brothers movies are still in theaters. 
So the two of them are still eating up a lot. And like John Wick 4 had come out just after those. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like all early May. So those movies are all still out. And then you got Fast X, Book Club, Blackberry, and now this past week at Little Mermaid as your new releases. And that's then we get into June. And as you say, Taylor, summer really kicks off and we get, you know, basically a, a new, real, new, interesting movie per week. All right. So we'll, so we'll just wait. It. We'll bide we our get, time. Just bide our time. And then I promise to go to the movie theaters and see a bunch of new movies. But this week, I, I wanted to find something that was new and I found something new and we're going to talk about it and why it wasn't released in theaters and why Disney Plus is now in the uh, true crime uh thing yeah fascinating you know they all right right next to the things trending on there are like the original little mermaid because people are rewatching it getting ready for the new one and uh the boston strangler <laughs> which you couldn't get more different i would i would argue uh in that so we'll see how that goes i'm um, surprised also- i mean you'll probably get into this during mm-hmm. your review mike but i'm surprised that's not a hulu property well, it technically is like it goes to Hulu as well, but for us in Canada, this is like we only have Disney Plus, right? So but, all the Hulu stuff is on your Disney Plus. Yes, but for for kind of even I don't know, maybe our American listeners can can clear this up. I was under the impression that for all intents and purposes, it's all one thing now, anyway. Like, but apparently that's new. Big thing. Yes, that would be. You used to have new. two different. I when I saw the headlines, I think that was like two weeks ago. The headlines about American users will now have one platform instead of two. I think that's wild that you had to log into Hulu to watch your Hulu yes. stuff and log into. Well, I guess our devices now always like remember our logins, but the fact that they had two different platforms, but it was own. Yeah. Anyways, Disney. I don't yeah, get they it. Did. Yeah, I didn't get it either. And like, that was the thing. I think they were trying to keep it separate because the Fox properties they they purchased and Hulu was so different in programming oh, yeah. than Disney Plus. So we obviously, were, you know, making fun of it, but they, they probably were just like, let's just throw it all together. Like we, yeah. we just got to make it easier on people. But it does look a little strange, like on your Disney Plus, like the new Disney Plus original, Boston Strangler, like it's not why I got Disney Plus. That no. wasn't what I was thinking. Just I'd bonus. Just gravy. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit of Kira Knightley on top of that. I know she's a favorite of yours, Taylor. Of course. Um, so we had to, I had to make sure to watch that one. So I'm going to review that. I'm really, again, I always, I feel like I always say that I'm fascinated, Taylor, by your review, but you keep coming up with like, you double down. Every week you come up with something else where I'm just like, what is that? <laughs> Mafia Mama. I've never heard of this movie. Tony Collette's in it. It's new, like really new. (laughs) And it's even, it has a theatrical run. Like I remember when you texted me, you're like, I'm not sure if it's in theaters. I looked it up. It is, at least in parts of the US, it's in theaters. I work, you know, for our listeners who think that I'm just like lounging around, feet up on mat leave. No. That's what the AI thinks, Taylor. The AI thinks you're just (laughs) spitting out Um, babies and laying on a couch. And eating and eating popcorn. Eating popcorn. I work hard to find content to review for everyone. So, <laughs> um, Mafia Mama was one. Of, it was what I found. I think it's been advertised to me on Instagram. Like I think, mm. like I remember seeing ads for it, and the only thing I'm on is like YouTube and Instagram. So I must have seen it on 
Instagram. But anyways, yes. Yeah. Mafia Mama, totally random. Tony Collette's like the only person I recognize in this movie. Monica um, Bellalucci, I might be mispronouncing her name. I recognize her because she's an Italian actress. I can't list anything she's been in, but like she has a recognizable face. Literally, I don't recognize anyone else in this movie. It's random that Tony Collette's in it, hmm. but I'll get yeah. into it during my my review. <laughs> it's gonna, yeah. I'm every week. I just, I every every time I think like, oh, Taylor's gonna come up with some classic movie one week just to review, so she has something to review. You give me gold. Where I'm, I'm like, still trying I really to find hear new this. stuff. <laughs> I feel like I, you Good know, I. Uh, I feel bad. I feel guilty that I can't be going to the theaters to review like th- theatrical films. So I'm like, I'm trying really, really hard to find relatively new stuff on streaming platforms or to mm-hmm. rent. In this case, I rented this one. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and what? So I'm trying to do the same thing because for the most part, I'm going to go to the movie theaters, you know, throughout the summer. But I, you know, as I mentioned, I want to, I want to wait to review BlackBerry with you. So obviously, yep. like, I'm going to see it, but I'm going to wait to review it on this show. So I thought, okay, I'll, you know, I'll find a new movie on streaming because the only other option was Fast X. And boy, am I staying That's not happening. That. But a movie I saw a preview for looks really good that, um, you know, just going to be opening, I believe, this week at the screening room or just opened this past weekend is Master Gardener. <laughs> it looks like a really intense movie. So I don't know if you've seen anything about this tale. Um... It's Joel Edgerton. By the tap by the director of Taxi Driver or writer, the yes, writer of Taxi, yes. Paul Schaefer. Paul, yeah, the the director. Yeah, he wrote. I believe he directed and wrote Taxi Driver, and he's directing this film. Um, and it looks really interesting. Like it looks kind of like he's a he's like an ex sort of. I don't know if he's like a hitman that's now like a gardener, and he has to teach someone the art of gardening, but he's clearly some sort of killer. It's really fascinating. Like, it looks really, really interesting. And it, as I said, it's just playing at the screening room right now. I tried really hard to find that one, and I couldn't. So I think they're they're really like, okay, this is going into theaters first, and then we'll, we'll make it available for rent. You know what? Every week I try to rent, because um, I'm dying to see it, and it was like Nicole's major recommendation to us from TIFF, I like movies. Do you think that I can find I like movies to rent? No. But the name is so weird and like so generic. I feel like I'm at like my like Google search is like broken. <laughs> like I like sometimes I type yeah. it in and it's like top 10 movies to watch on Netflix. It's like, no, I'm like, I'll type movie. in like, I like movies 2022. I like movies film 2022, like to rent 2022. I like movies. No, I can't find it. Mike, I yeah. don't know if you've had any luck being able to find it for rental. No, but. Uh, honestly, I, I haven't. I haven't even looked. Um, my assumption was is that it was going to be out by now, right? That, you know, it's it's gone through its film circuit. But no, I haven't even looked. I I will though. I will because now that you mentioned, yeah, I remember Nicole talking about that one. So I'll definitely look for it. But yeah, that would be a that would be a tough one for Google search because it is such a general. I like name. movies. Like, yeah, That's like, like even the name of a blog. <laughs> even when I googled Boston Strangler, I got like the real information. The before, page before the yeah, the murder before, before I even got the movie. And there was a movie, I guess, in the '60s called 
called the Boston Strangler. So I found that too, but I got the real info <laughs> first before. Like that's a lazy, I know why they called I like movies, I like movies. Like that's, it's like tongue in cheek, like funny, whatever. But Boston Strangler, lazy. That's lazy to name they, it they the name of the murderer. Done something else with it. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. And it's interesting because there's a couple other movies that I've had very similar experiences of trying to find now they're not name related but it's just because they had such short theatrical runs where i am that i couldn't find them um so there's bo is afraid which is the yeah. uh, ari aster movie i think that one is either coming or now playing at the screening room as well that i've been trying to find that movie and it it had such a short run where i am that, that i haven't been able to find it and even with typing that up it's been kind of like well, you know, in the U.S. you can get it on here, but you can't in Canada. You can get it here, but then I went, go there, and and there's, I can't get it. <laughs> like it's it's no. just not available. So that's not a movie I'm remotely interested in seeing. Even no, though it's but that's Joaquin not, Phoenix. You don't like um, that guy's movies. I don't though, like right? his movies, no. and um, it just like looks too weird it looks like a tyler movie i'm gonna say it it looks like a tyler vance movie <laughs> well, have you seen okay. um the the trailers for it i haven't it's no weird. it's weird i don't know i don't not for me i was just curious for it because of of you know the history of of just in yeah. terms of his movies like i was kind of like oh i'm, I'm fascinated enough to see it yeah especially for streaming like again i'm not saying yeah. i'm going to the movie to just see this you should, for people in Kingston, you should go to the screen and check out some of these movies. Dungeons and Dragons is playing there. I gave that a see it. Air is playing there. I gave I gave that a see it. But because of my situation, I'm like, oh, I need to find something at, at home. Trying to find some of these things that I really want to see for streaming has, has been tough. Uh, and I thought, well, that one, if I'm going to take a risk on his movie, I'd rather watch it at home because, hey, I can turn it off. Not that I like to do that, but I could. You know what? We're so spoiled, though, because I was just thinking, like, as we were, I'm like, oh, I haven't been able to find I Like Movies. And, like, yes, granted, it came out in the fall. Um, I think, right? Like, it, well, it was in TIFF in the fall, but it definitely, like, made the circuits in wintertime. Like, it came to the screening room, I'm pretty sure. But anyways, I'm thinking, like, oh, I haven't been able to find it, blah, 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 blah. It used to take, like, a year for movies. Sometimes to, more. Yeah. To circle, like, to be able to, and, like, before streaming, right, Mike? Like, oh, we had to wait to go to the Blockbuster to get the DVD. Yeah. Like, yeah. here Just I to am. Rent it. Yeah, to rent it. Here I am being Not like, it's yeah. it's three months since the movie was at the theaters <laughs> and I haven't yeah, been able to. Yeah, come on. Where's when my I, instant? <laughs> right? And yeah, I was, yeah. um, I was on, I'm on the Wikipedia page for Mafia Mama. Sometimes, I know our listeners love the behind the scenes. Sometimes I like to pull up Oftentimes I forget and I'm scrambling to like Google it as we're talking. But sometimes I have enough forethought to have the Wikipedia page open beforehand. So for I have it open for Mafia Mama. And it was in theaters in April and is already able, we're already able to rent it a month later. Like that never would have happened like 10 years ago. Right? Like when uh, when when has it become that it's literally like a a month turnaround and it's not even to my knowledge it's not um it's not like a a streaming 
production. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know how sometimes like, oh, it's an Amazon original. It airs yep. in the movie yep. theater and then it'll be on Amazon a month later. Like, nope, this was just regular. Yeah, so weird. A month and here I am being weird. like, Meh, I know. I can't. It, but it's I got to wait a month. <laughs> yeah, it's what we're used to. You, no, you're absolutely right. Like, we are now so used to it where it's like, well, after a couple of weeks of it being in the theaters, if I don't see it, well, I can just catch it. On I'll rent one of my it. streaming platforms, or I'll yep. rent it. And I mean, maybe they're trying again. They're so desperate. Every time I go to a movie, so, some actor, some famous person comes on the screen and like thanks me for being there uh, <laughs> because they're so desperate to keep you uh, in the movie theater. They're like, "Here's Paul Rudd," and Paul Rudd's like, "Thank you so much." As if that's for... going to keep me <laughs> for, in yeah, the theaters. No. Paul Rudd, are you even in this movie? Like, come on. Yeah, and it, and it's always for what either whatever movie is currently playing or one that's like opening, like recently, you know that oh here's Jay Baruchel and he's like oh I'm playing on my BlackBerry. Hope you come see BlackBerry in in the theaters. Oh, cringe! And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, it just seems so desperate. I'm already but here. Guess, <laughs> I, but yes, and that's the other thing. I'm already here. You got me. You don't have to. You can stop this now. Um, and it does. It. it I think it all shows that that they're right to be afraid because even you know big movie fans were all kind of like ah, well, you know we can wait and there are some hey there are some movies that you can wait for you don't yeah. have to rush to the theaters to see like i i think there's there's plenty of uh, movies out there like that but there are movies playing right now that are worth leaving your home to go see and going to a movie theater to see so that's what we try to do we try, we try to get you the movies and sometimes all we can find are the weird ones and maybe maybe they're gems maybe you you know you find gem maybe they're trash we don't know (laughs) it leans (laughs) sometimes it leans one way but you know you never know you might find a movie that that we recommend that for whatever reason had a short theatrical run or not much of one or went right to streaming that it's like this is worth finding and locating um I just wish, I just wish it was a little clearer when a movie was coming out and they were more transparent about what they were doing. Hey, this is available in theaters for the next, you know, two months, and then it'll be available for streaming like a year from now, or we have a deal. Here's all the information because it would, sometimes it would be nice to know for planning purposes. Yeah. I'm with you. Good. There you go. Um, Before we uh, get to our movies this week, I do want to just remind people that the screening room has their projector projector donation drive going on right now. They are in need of some help to replace um, uh, one of their projectors. They've got to get basically a new projector, new sound system. It's going to cost $60,000. So they are running a fundraising drive going on right now. Go to screeningandkingston.com, make a donation if you can, or if you'd like to join Screening in Kingston in making a group donation, we're going to try to get Screening in Kingston's uh, name to the top level there. If you can raise uh, and pay $575, we get a prominent This Movie is Brought to You by tab, and it will be the Screening in Kingston podcast, which we think would be really cool. Um, So I'm, I'm giving our fans till the end of this month, till the end of May, to let me know if you'd like to join in that and how much you think you can contribute. And then I'll be in touch with you personally from there to to make that happen. And then Taylor will be paying by check 
uh, yes. on our behalf early in June because we all know that I'm checks gonna... are important. Break out the old checkbook. <laughs> and, you know, like, you know, in the movies where, like, they, you, like, touch the pen to your tongue. You know, mm-hmm. that weird, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make sure the that. ink yeah. is flowing. Got to flow the ink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make sure the ink is flowing. Uh, and I'm going to chicken scratch out to the screening room our donation. <laughs> yes yeah and i know that'll make that'll make our fans happy yeah um we uh because we know that checks are important to everyone um and then the other thing i just wanted to remind everyone and as we get closer we'll keep reminding you june 17th and 18th there's a 24-hour trash cinema telethon that the screening room is putting on that's going to be streamed live on youtube you can check it out um their their host uh Dan Simpson is going to be taking you through a bunch of B, C, D, all the way down to F level cinema um, and making fun of it and talking about all these crazy, terrible movies. I have no idea what they have planned. Um, I just read stuff. off. I don't think anyone knows. I think it's you're going to show up and like there is no um, itinerary is not the right word program. Like you don't know what's going to play until the evening of. And. 11 a.m. on Saturday is when it begins. Oh, I till, evening, till, morning. <laughs> oh, morning till 11 a.m. on Sunday. It's all it's all evening, date like whatever. It's it's all it's all through. So it's it's June June 10th and 11th. Um, it's all through the day, all through the evening. Um, you can join at any point in time on YouTube. Um, go to screening room screeningroomkingston.com for more information on that. Um, but that is coming up at the beginning of June. So that telethon will help, I think, raise a lot of money um, for them. They they need that projector, and we need to make sure that they get it for all their great programming. They just recently showed Jaws, mm-hmm. um, and uh, because because of the anniversary of Star Wars: Return of the Jedi, they're showing that as well. So they got some classic movies playing at the screening room. The so Princess Bride, movies. one Princess of the Bride. most yeah. contentious movies. <laughs> That we've talked about on this uh, oh, podcast. You don't like it. You don't no, like I it. I love it. I love it. Oh, you love it. And oh, who doesn't like to it? The point where Dan and I, for an anniversary, rented out one of the rooms in this one of the screens at the screening room and watched The Princess Bride mm-hmm. privately. We had a private screening of The Princess Bride for our anniversary one year. Um, a former supervisor of mine, to the point, I think she wrote in to say about how much she hated this movie. And I don't think oh, she I was alone. Yeah. I don't think she was alone. And I was gobsmacked. How, I how thought it was anyone... universally loved. <laughs> Me too, but apparently not. Oh. But that also is coming up at the screening room. Well, there you go. For those, uh, for um, those interested. <laughs> for those actually interested. Yes, you know what? Now that you mention it, I remember that. I remember, uh, yes, a supervisor of yours writing in. But I do, I remember that, that, there was uh, there were others. There were other people who wrote in as well, saying they weren't a big fan of the movie, and that was very surprising. Yeah, just bananas. Just absolutely bananas. Um, and then I wanted to bring up one more thing before we um, move forward because we did get a couple questions over the past really week and a half uh, about what <laughs> what was happening with our Oscar winner and loser oh. <laughs> uh, prize. So yeah, because I believe it or not. Even though uh, the the Oscar winner is having us pick movies, which we selected, we know what movies we're watching. The ones that people are actually asking us about are these Barbie movies that we have to watch to Barbie movies. So just right. just to to remind people, 
the Barbie movie doesn't come out till July. So I was we got thinking, time. We've got some time. We're, we'll do this closer to the Barbie movie. I'll probably try to see that opening weekend um, because I really want to see the Barbie movie. So we'll, we've got some time for that one. We probably then, to space it out, we'll do the movies we know we're going to hate uh, like before that. So sometime in June, I think, we'll pick a date, Taylor, um, and you'll watch The Patriot, and I'll watch Love Candles or whatever I'm watching. Um, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. Where the the heart is. (laughs) Thank you. Where the heart is. (laughs) I knew it was something like that. I knew it was something like that. Love love candles. I better write this down, actually. (laughs) I better write this down somewhere. How come I don't have paper? Um, I got to write down. uh, It's. What, what you, wait, what did you say? Where love? the where, where the heart is. <laughs> it's nothing to do with love. Where <laughs> the heart is. Right. Natalie Portman, right? Yeah. I can okay, mail I you can... my DVD. No, that's right. I, I'll I'll uh I will just if I forget again or lose that piece of paper, I'll I'll Google Natalie Portman and, and find it. Uh where the heart is. Yeah, I think I can rent that on YouTube. Like I think Oh yeah, I think so. Because it, it's old enough. It, it'll be out there. I'll find it's it. It's from like two thousand or one. You'll be okay. <laughs> it's from 2001. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, um, so, uh, 2000. 2000. 2000. Watch it so now a, on a, a YouTube for $4.99. A younger Natalie Portman. She'll be she'll be young. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you're going to watch The Patriot, which is available on Netflix. Um, so you can watch Mel Gibson uh, take on uh, all the British Army by himself. Great. Um. <laughs> also from 2000. Also from the year 2000. Yeah, but remember we we just somehow stumbled upon that that they were, came out in the same year. Right. Like we did we're, we did not plan this. We did not plan it. It always our show really always does end up falling into that Tyler Vance hack that him and his wife do, where they watch two movies and try to find the similar similar. Oh, I can't say that word. Similarities. <laughs> um. <laughs> And we always just accidentally stumble into that, that our movies, even though they seem so different, so odd, mm-hmm. they do have things in common. And it, yeah, it, and it's funny how we, it seems like we're more organized than we are. Like, it seems like this is all part <laughs> of some master plan. It all somehow works, but it, we just keep nope. stumbling upon it. Uh, but that's what people love about it, right? We stumble upon excellence. That's yep. what we do. Exactly. Um, okay. So let's... um. Let's review some movies. Um, let's get to it. So, um, Taylor, why don't you kick things off uh, as usual and tell us all about Tony Collette? I assume she's the mafia mama. But she we'll is. To find out. Okay, <laughs> that's what I assume. They the wouldn't mafia. have her a big name in the movie and then have her not be the sidekick the title character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, mafia mama. Like I mentioned, um, she's really the only actress that I recognize to the point where if you go onto the wikipedia page there's like oh i don't know like over 10 people listed only four of the actors have hyperlinks in wikipedia (laughs) well that's not good (laughs) (laughs) so like not super recognizable people um maybe they're famous in italy i don't know so the premise of the movie for people who have no idea what movie i'm talking about um, Tony Collette's character is like a middle-aged um, woman um, who's a little bit of like weirdly like a helicopter parent, but also like 
super concerned about like everyone else's like emotions and feelings and like taking care of everyone in her life. You know what I mean? Like to the detriment mm-hmm. of herself. Um, right. Something happens, and um, at the same time that she's kind of like going through like a little bit of a personal crisis, she finds out that her estranged grandfather has passed away in Italy, and she's needed at the funeral to like settle his affairs. She has never met the man before. We don't know right away why they're estranged, um, but essentially she like goes to Italy, but it's kind of like, mm, I don't really want to go, but like my life's in crisis. So like I need a, a change. So like pretty mm. typical setup, right? Um, similar yeah. to the rom-com I reviewed a couple weeks ago. Love. Oh, with uh, Adam Sandler? No, with... Um, oh. I'm blanking already. Already, I've like completely forgotten about the movie where she like goes to Vietnam. <laughs> Not a good sign. <laughs> she goes to Vietnam and like falls in love with the tour guide. Uh, love T- Taylor. Love on the I run. Don't... I don't know. Do you do you <laughs> not remember this you... movie? I reviewed this. No, movie. <laughs> I forget it too. I don't on this show. Yes, like a couple weeks ago. With really? the no, oh my it. gosh, the girl from the Babysitters Club. Anyways. Anyway. This doesn't sound familiar at all. Are you but sure? But she, in that movie, she also undergoes a crisis and decides okay, to take okay. a trip abroad. Yeah, that, that was the point. It doesn't matter. The point is, there's whatever that movie was, it's similar to this one. Okay. Our listeners are like, this show has really gone downhill. <laughs> check the Instagram, Mike. I'm sure you put uh, okay, a, a I, I will. still. I will check. I'll check the Instagram for, for all your recent <laughs> reviews. All my recent I thought reviews. you were talking about the Adam Sandler one. But no, um, although that one, they do also kind of undergo a crisis and end up going abroad. Real theme with all the movies that I've been watching. Oh, lately. a tourist's wanna... guide to love. A tourist's guide to love. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that one. Okay. So it was similar... either that or the vampire one. <laughs> yeah. Similar setup, midlife crisis, need to go to Europe, whatever. But hmm. okay. So it is an action comedy and mafia is in the title of the movie so you can you know obviously uh the mafia is involved with this movie and it's not like a huge spoiler i'm pretty sure it's like in the synopsis of the movie and it's like very i think it's even in the trailer but her grandfather who has died was a mafia don and his Mm -hmm. dying wish is that she becomes the head of the mafia family in italy of course so like a very veiny (laughs) premise like, it's a very zany movie, right? So um, I enjoyed it. That being said, I enjoyed it. I watched it over the course of three naps because my baby was not napping well that day. He was <laughs> having cat naps. And I was, like, waiting for his next nap to finish this movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, when is yeah. when's George going to go to sleep so I can finish this movie? So I thought it was quite funny. Um, there was uh, – I don't – I don't know if it was a problem with the script, editing, or direction, but there was a couple times in the movie where it almost felt like we were missing scenes. So Mm. there's this, like, one prompt, like, it happened very prominently where there's, like, a character who, like, is kind of coming on to her, but, like, not, she's not really sure, and, like, it's, like, a very weird interaction. They, like, play it up, like, very extreme for comedic like for comedy, obviously. And then and then it happens again with a different character immediately afterwards where, again, like 
to me, it was like a very sexually charged uh, a scene. It's very really? like mirror, like mirroring the scene that happened before, where like oh. I'm like, oh, this character is obviously coming onto her, and they're playing it up for comedic, you know, like for comedy, right? right? But then, but then it doesn't end the same way the first, like the scene before it ended, where she was like, oh my gosh, that was like that was so weird, and she like chugs wine. Um, so I thought like, oh, like that's going to happen again. Be like, she's going to say something like, why does this keep happening? You know what I mean? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, yeah. So then I'm like, someone. Yeah. Like reference how like those two characters like came onto her. Right. It doesn't, it like doesn't happen again. I'm like, okay, that's so weird. And then like, um, there's like another scene later on with like the, the character, like the second character where I thought it was going to be like, okay, they're going to like you know, self-referentiate the joke. Again, it seems like the character is coming onto her, but, like, nothing happens. So I'm like, okay, like, were there scenes in this movie that, like, elaborated on... You know what I mean? When I'm, when I'm like, like trying mess. to explain, like, where I'm like, yeah. is this, is this like, poor... Like, it just wasn't structured into the script, or was it structured yeah. into the script and the scene was edited out? Because that oh, happens, right? Yeah. Where... Oh, definitely. Um, they often will film like more, more, and then and then cut cut the movie down. This movie was only about an hour mm-hmm. and a half, so um, I was like, okay, that's weird. Like, <laughs> like, and then I'm like, am I reading this wrong? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is this character like not coming onto her? I don't know. So, anyways, that was like that was like my major qualm with the script slash editing. I'm like either. This was poorly written or it, again, it could have been bad direction, right? Where like mm-hmm. the, cause like if you're just reading the script, it's not like hypersexual, right? So like, did right. the actor just choose to like make it, see, you know what I, like, was it an actor's choice in the director? I don't know. So that was my major qualm with this movie was that there was the, this like, um I don't know how you describe it, like plot point or like character development where I'm like, What's happening here? Like, what are they you doing? You just completely with lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Um, yeah. Overall, I thought the movie was funny. There was like a couple times where I laughed out loud. I just like briefly looked at a re- the review section on Wikipedia. Apparently, it has horrible reviews. One of the it's reviews really was like up and down. <laughs> yeah, I wanted. I I don't want to be this person, but I'm like, who was? Did a man review this? Because like, it's a female lead. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, yeah. maybe I'm like I don't know maybe I'm just being silly but I'm like I don't know I'm, I'm a woman it was a female director and a female lead and I, I laughed out loud so like I don't know what to tell these people who reviewed the movie and said they didn't laugh once like that was not my experience <laughs> I thought it was quite funny um, Tony Collette's very good I will say like it is um, she does play like stereotypical like meek in the beginning right like no Mm self-esteem like a little cartoony Mm -hmm. but like the movie itself is kind of outlandish so like the performance isn't out of place um and she's like good chemistry on screen with like the other actors another thing and this might have been so i rented it via amazon so like i don't know if i i've talked about renting on amazon before for our listeners but if people aren't familiar you can go onto Amazon Prime and you can rent movies in addition to what's on like Prime. 
You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. could just you yeah. rent it, um, like how you would rent VOD or whatever. Um, a lot of the movies in Italian because they're in Italy for the majority of the movie, and it didn't always subtitle the Italian. So I. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you, Mike, where you're watching like a foreign movie that you've rented? Yes. And it happens sometimes even on Netflix. And you're like, okay, like, is this just like not like it would be interesting? Yeah. Like if you were in a movie theater, for instance, would they have subtitled this scene? That's what I kept thinking. Like if I had seen that, if I was sitting in a theater, would this scene have been subtitled or are you just sitting here like listening to Italian? And it's not important, and so they don't subtitle it. But that's weird mm. to me. Yeah, when, like, you it ha- is weird. When- and I've had that happen multiple times, like multiple times, where suddenly the it just stops subtitling, even though like they haven't they haven't they'll, switched languages. They'll say like speaking Italian. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that doesn't help me. I know they're speaking Italian. What are they saying? And it was like it right. would be. It's one thing when like it happens where like the the English speaker in a scene is like in the scene and then people are speaking like the foreign language around the English person. And you're thinking, you're thinking, Oh, because the, the, they don't know the language. Like we're being, you know, like we're in the place of that character. So like, we don't need to know what's happening in the scene. Like we're also confused. You know what I mean? But this Mm -hmm. happened where like Tony Collette's character isn't in the room. It's like a different mafia family. They're, they're speaking, they're all speaking Italian. They don't speak any English in the scene. And it's like a full scene of Italian. Okay. See, that to me seems important enough that you want to know what's going on. Like you get the gist from their body language and stuff. Sure. And like, you know, like from the previous scene, like, and the then the scene afterwards, like what's going to happen. But I'm like, it got to a point where I'm like, I checked my subtitles if they were on. Mm. Yeah. What's going on? And, well, I wonder now, Mike, because I, I, we talked about this a lot on the show. I watch everything with subtitles. I just like it. I wonder mm-hmm. if I had no, I had it on, um, the only option was like English closed captioning. I wonder if I had turned off the captions, if the Italian would have shown up. But I don't know. That's that a doesn't... good question. I, I would but that think... shouldn't be the case. No, because that would be a bit too confusing for people. Like, that's that would be tough. Also, if you're using closed captioning, you want to know what the Italian is, too. Well, of course. Like, again, the, like it couldn't have been on purpose. This There must be some sort of te- technical malfunction because they wouldn't... I don't think they would do that. I don't think they would purposely make they it would... so it's, like, that difficult. It was exactly how you described it. It's like they start doing the subtitling. Like, yeah. if there wasn't a lot of Italian in the scene, they would they would translate. But if the full scene was in Italian, nothing, no subtitles. I was like, okay. Which you think it would keep going? Like they would need, yeah. they would want you to know what is going on, what's happening. So there must be a tech issue there. Like that, there's no way that can be by design. No way. Could you imagine like sitting in the? And I was like, if I was in a movie theater, I'd be so annoyed that you like this whole scene is not subtitled. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It must have been subtitled in theaters. I don't know. Um, those like quibs aside, I, I enjoyed this movie. I don't know what to tell people. Like it has like a very, um, it has 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, I think, or like very low, very low on, um, on Rotten Tomatoes. 
I think it was it was an enjoyable movie. It's definitely like a summertime movie. Um, oh, the other thing is it's like an action comedy. The last couple action comedies I've seen have been like CGI to the the gills. This movie felt very like quote unquote natural. Um, I mean, action movies are never natural, but like I'm like yes, this makes sense in a mafia movie. You know what I mean? Like the action was restrained like it made sense within the context of the film it didn't look overly um cgi'd it didn't look overly choreographed i'm like this is the the right amount of action to my comedy that i like so again i'm like this is this is good this is taylor speed um one other thing i want to mention is tony collette's bodyguards in the movie she gets like assigned bodyguards from the mafia family they're very funny and like very charming and the three of them have very good chemistry um so yeah, like I didn't regret spending $14 on this movie. For me to see it. I did not regret the money I spent watching this movie. Wow. So, um is it the best movie ever made? No. Is there problems with the script? Yes. But like overall it's fun. You know what I mean? Like it's if you're looking for just like a fun, breezy um action comedy for the summer I don't think you can go wrong with Mafia Mama just know that there is like kind of like a clunky part uh in the middle <laughs> these two scenes where you're kind of like what but by and large like I don't know I laughed I looked forward to watching it during my son's naps I don't know so definitely uh a see it but like oh yeah I could see people being like, oh, it's so predictable. But isn't every action comedy predictable? A lot of them are. Like, I don't think you're not with a name like Mafia Mama. You're you know what you're getting in, getting yourself in for. It's it's all about execution. Like it's it's a you know, as you're describing it, it's a movie or type of movie I've seen a million times. But if you execute it well, that doesn't matter. I think it really doesn't. Yeah, I had fun. I thought it was cute. Yeah, tight, tight hour and a half. Why not? What else can you ask for? Really? Nothing. Like it's, it's, it seems like a, a pretty good breezy summer movie. That's what it sounds like. So there you go. Mafia Mama, a see it. So I reviewed Boston Strangler, not to be confused with The Boston Strangler, which was a movie from the 1960s. Um, this is a remake and or retelling of. Depending the on who you ask. I guess so, yeah, <laughs> depending on who you ask, of the Boston Strangler. True crime, true crime. Yeah. This is based on something that actually happened of someone who was uh, strangling women in Boston and also other parts of the U.S. Like it kind of, the strangler sort of moved around a little bit. And this is about the reporters and what became the set, two sets of report, two reporters who are trying, who are writing about it um, and who are trying to kind of help the police track this person down and sort of the first person to write about it played by Kira Knightley um, and a little bit more of a sort of seasoned vet reporter that they team her up with um, played by Carrie Coon who's an, who's an actor you might recognize from a variety of things she's been in like Fargo and and um, uh, what else she's at Ghostbusters Afterlife um, she's been in a million things and you would recognize she's got one of those faces Yes, you would recognize, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen yeah. her in, in a bunch of stuff. So this movie basically teams the the young Kira Knightley without her accent, sort of sometimes doing a Boston accent, uh, <laughs> with the seasoned veteran reporter, and they're off to try to track this down. This movie actually reminded me a lot of Zodiac, 
which is kind of very similar yeah. premise. Um, the newspaper. Reporters. Yeah, yeah like the newspaper. The reporters and, covering the story of the series. Precisely. In real time. And that's, exactly. And that's kind of the, the where we're, we're seeing it from their perspective. And every once in a while, you get a cut to the murders happening. Um, so it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, it sort of shows you a little bit about that side of things um which is which is interesting and and has an interesting element to it i think true crime fans would be interested in this kind of movie because the reporters do really go into a bit of detail as to like how these crimes happened and their theories around how how you know this person's getting into these young women's homes and strangling them and all the stuff happening and who this could be and tracking it down like it has that kind of true crime documentary feel to it even though it's from the perspective of two reporters like you kind of go through the same process um with interviewing people and that type of thing so i think true crime fans would be pretty satisfied with this kind of movie um as I mentioned, I think the most distracting thing about it, and it's no one's fault, is Kira Knightley not speaking with a British accent, to me, does look very weird. Um, I thought you were going to say her sometimes Boston accent, and I'd be like, that's fully her fault if she's coming in and out of a Boston accent. But you know, you're No, right. that's her fault. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's her, her fault. fault. Yes. But like her yes, just yeah. not speaking with a British accent. Well, it's not her fault. No. But it kind of like... Um, I would blame it on casting. Like, maybe yeah. she's just not right for the part. She was a strange choice for this particular role. Um, I think that she, you know, did a, did a fine job. I'm, I'm not as critical on, on her as you are uh, for various Did she do her episodes. pinched face? That oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, she did many times because she was very puzzled and right. th- throughout this, right? And thinking a lot. Um, but I, I think... I think at the end of the day, she's just, she just, for lack of a better term, she looks so British to me. Like, I'm just, I think it's because I'm just used to hearing her in her accent, that hearing her without seems really weird. Like, the voice just doesn't match the face. And that's not necessarily her fault, but it's one of those things where it's like, this was an odd casting choice. Um, And then, yeah, the Boston accent part, where she just, Every once in a while, sort of has one. Is she says very park weird. the car in Harvard Yard? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The very like exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no offense to our if we have listeners from Boston, but that like there, I went to Boston once in a high school, mm. and they had shirts that literally said park the car in Harvard Yard. Okay. <laughs> I'm not doing a very yeah. good job, but like <laughs> no. stere- that stereotypical Boston accent. You're, yes, very very stereotypical Boston accent, which again does does come through for her sometimes, which makes it a little distracting. And then everyone else kind of has the Boston accent um, and, and it's fine. Um, but I think, again, Aside from that, the things I'll say about this movie are it was very well done in terms of it was an interesting look into the behind the scenes crime. It was a little slow moving like Zodiac, but it wasn't as it didn't feel as long, wasn't as drawn out. It was a closer. I think it was only an hour and a half this movie. Like it's not super, super long. And it really focuses on as reporters what what is your what is your your role here 
How do you get involved in letting the public know what's going on with also not creating mass hysteria, but also wanting the truth, but also not wanting to, you know, you want to sell papers. You want to be the first one on this. This is not like the Boston Globe. This is another newspaper. This is not like the big paper in town. So there's all this pressure on them of like, are we creating something where something doesn't exist or are we the first one actually scooping a story? This is why my so guys that's think, very interesting. This is why I think it should have a different name. Cause I did see a review right. that, um, you know, it essentially said like the movie is about Kira Knightley's character. It's like about mm-hmm. um, yep. a woman reporter, uh, reporting on uh, like a serial killer targeting women. So like... And all of the struggles that come along with that. Yeah. yeah. So like, shouldn't she kind of be the the name of the movie? Or like, you know what I mean? Like something... Like, why name the movie The Murderer? Well, I know why. Because like, in terms of like, how are you going to get people to watch this movie? Uh, true crime fans name it the the murderer but like in reality the movie's not really about the murderer it's about Keira Knightley's character so like I think no, and, what a yeah. stupid way to name the movie it, it's true it would have been better served by by I think running in like being part of that knowing that that's the direction the movie was going in because she's a lot of time is spent about her home life and how this is affecting it um, what what it means, especially to be like a young woman reporter at that time. All of that has a lot more to do with the movie than it, it's like the Boston Strangler thing is just like, it's just the plot that's around it. Like, it's not really the core of the story. It's just, well, the plot is the Boston Stranglers, you know, going around murdering women and a reporter is sort of following the trail. Um, but that's the plot. But the story around it is really about her. And her character and her life and things she's going through. And the the teaming up with the sort of the veteran female performer, Carrie Coon, which another movie that I saw like earlier in the year, um, she said, did this as well. Um, not not as well, um, because this this movie was, I think, a little quite a bit better. Um, the, the kind of dynamic between the two of them and butting heads and kind of a new way of thinking versus a, a more traditional way of thinking in terms of getting the news and getting the story. And that's a very interesting dynamic to this movie. Like all of that makes the movie, the movie, the Boston Strangler stuff, kind of an afterthought, honestly. Um, and then when the movie ends, it does the normal thing that a true crime movie does where it tells you all the, like, you know, what happened next, all the stats and all the fallout and stuff. And that almost was abrupt to me. Where I thought, oh, yeah, right, this is based on a true thing. Like, it it was so ingrained in the character and developing the character and her story that I almost forgot that the Boston Strangler was a part of this. (laughs) (laughs) That this was, like, a real thing. I just thought I was watching a movie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Because she is real, right? Like, the the reporter is a real person. Yeah. It's based on – and both of them, both reporters are real. And it's based on the two of them. And apparently, like, the two of them, they butt heads. They had some issues through here. They're actually, like, friends till today. Like, they still communicate with each other. They both had different jobs. They moved on to other things. And they still um, maintained a friendship, which which was kind of interesting because they they were really butting heads a lot in this film. Um, but, yeah, it's all all true in terms of what happened. As, as true as, you know, movies can be. They want to add a little spice in there. Um, but it's based on a true story of of this reporter and the struggles that she went through um and again that that was the most interesting facets of it the other side of it the kind of boston strangler stuff which did remind me a lot of zodiac and sometimes not in a good way where where it did sort of slow the movie down a bit you do 
get to see for the true crime fans out there some really interesting moments that they capture, I think, quite well to show you some of the, the, the crimes that happened and how it happened and kind of um, as a, especially on the police and reporter side, you keep seeing bodies basically like line up one after the other and, and they're trying to figure out what to do and how to stop them and how to kind of not create mass hysteria. But when people keep winding up dead, that's what's going to happen. So it is very interesting um, to, to have that kind of jump back into the world. So I, I do think there's enough in here that if you're a big fan of true crime, you're going to get into it. But if you're someone looking for like more character piece, kind of an interesting story, there's a lot of that too. Because you're right, Taylor, this is really about Kira Knightley's character. I It was just so hard for me to watch it thinking like you probably could have had someone else in this role and it probably would have been a little bit better. Like it was just a little too distracting um, with, with her in, in the role. And again, I don't think all of that's her fault, but I just don't understand why it had to be Kira Knightley. Like why this couldn't be almost anybody else. Um, but all in all, I thought the movie was, was relatively well done. A couple little things that I would have preferred that they move the story along a little bit faster. I mean, they've got a couple cliches that they lean into. You know, they've got the the old grumpy guy who runs the newspaper. <laughs> this time it's Chris Cooper, <laughs> who we'll remember from many, many movies. Um, and, uh, you know, things like that, which I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I've seen this before. Um, but all in all, like, I'm going to give it a stream it. I thought it was pretty good, pretty entertaining. This is probably the closest I came to giving a movie a matinee it which we've talked about a few times as a rating, but I, I'm bumping it up a little bit because at the end of the day, it was different than what I expected in a good way. It did focus more on her and that relationship between her um, and the other reporter, which I thought was really well done. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it a stream it wrong name aside. I think this is something that's worth watching. If you've got a couple hours on the weekend, throw on Boston Strangler, um, and uh, you probably will enjoy it. I feel like Keira Knightley, if she was a genre, would be matinee. It. I know. <laughs> I feel like for you, for, for me, you, though, I know, a lot of I other know. people, people don't agree. like yeah. her. People like her, but like, yeah. I don't know. I just her pinched little face that she makes. Ugh, that's not yeah. acting. That's just yes, and and like I do see what you mean, and that is in there. I mean, I I don't know. I, I think that's kind of just. That's just her. What she does, like so it's kind of just. The way I don't want to say like what she does. I, yeah, I don't want to be like, oh, that's the way she looks. No, like her face isn't it always is. pinched. It is a lot. Like I, <laughs> honestly, like again, I listen. I've seen her in stuff, and I thought she's been really good, and she Fair fit enough. in the role, and she's not always making that face. No, what I mean by that is, I think whenever she needs to feel perplexed. That's or, her go-to. Or a negative emotion, that's her go-to face. And that's just the way her face goes yeah, when she fair. wants to make those things. Because, yeah, you you can see her laughing and smiling or more intense and doing different things with her face. She's an actor. It's not like she's terrible. But I do see what you're saying. It is a little predictable. She does kind of do the same things over and over again. I think she has the tropes that she fits into. And I'm not going to lie to you, Taylor. She does all that in this movie. Yeah. So you're not going to get something completely different from her. I'll in, just in watch a documentary so. about the Boston Strangler instead. And you might be more fascinated than that. Yeah. For for you specifically, yes. I would have given this movie a skip it. But 
for other people out there. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, for uh, our listeners, for our listeners, yeah, for whoever whoever is out there still listening. Um, but there you go. That's Boston Strangler. Stream it for me uh, and Mafia Mama. I see it from Taylor. I feel like um, I'm going to regret so Taylor, that in a month's time, but yeah, maybe, maybe. Taylor and as hey. of right now says see it. <laughs> We should do that one time. See if we do like movie regrets episode where we go back and do we regret. What were we I mean, thinking? There's been sometimes. There's been sometimes where I've given a rating and I've looked back and I'm like, I gave the movie that rating. Um, so it does happen. Um, Taylor, just before we wrap up, I wanted to quickly throw out there that I thought was very interesting that uh, Fast X, which has a reported budget of $350 million. Can you imagine? Um, oh, my gosh. Made in in domestic, so in the U.S., made sixty seven million its opening weekend. Worldwide, made almost three hundred and fifty million, so almost made its budget back worldwide. But obviously, because of the studio, its domestic numbers really matter to them. Um, so they're actually quite disappointed by sixty seven million opening, and they're starting to see like the returns drop and drop and drop in this fast series. You can't be too surprised about that, no, because. I think a lot of people are kind of done with it, but it is interesting that they would, I didn't know they would spend $350 million on this movie. On what That's though? a lot more On what? Because like, isn't it all just CGI now? And we all know studios don't pay don't their, their animators. So like, what's, yeah. <laughs> what's the budget? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. And I don't know how much is practical. I know that, I mean, this is star studded. That's what I mean. Like, like I was going to say, um, salaries, I guess. Right. Yeah. That's a pretty big cast. So it's probably salaries. I just thought that was worth mentioning. It is. Because, listen, we can't 100% ignore Fast Dex because it's out there and it just opened into the big movie. We just don't want to see it. So there you go. We reported on its box office. Uh, it's doing okay, pretty good worldwide, but it's not doing quite what they wanted to do domestically. And, hey, you got two more of them. So there's like one last trilogy. Yikes. Right? Fast X, Fast XX, Fast Triple X. That's what we're going to get. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening this week. Um, We hope you will tune in next week. We got another special Star Trek episode coming next week. So check that out. We know some of you will be very interested in that, and others will tune out for a week, uh, which is fine. We'll We'll see you back in June. Thank you so much for listening. Go see some movies.